Fox Sports 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, The Gambler. In Philly, there's a group that brings diehard sports fans together as one big family through tailgate and road trips. Now the guys from Green Legion are bringing the tailgate to the airwaves. Quimby, Hollis Tank Thomas, Michael Diaz, and Chris Sack always keep the party going, so crack a beer. Take a shot and join the virtual tailgate now on Green Legion Radio. All right, everybody, another edition of Green Legion Radio on Fox Sports The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. If you're on our social media feeds right now, you're going to see something a little bit different. Uh, Just four of us right now, Slash and Super Sam are in the background. They're still listening. Sam is going to take care of everything on our social media. Slash is producing from a little bit behind the scenes. Just going to be four of us. There are a lot of chefs in this kitchen, so we're trying to minimize moving forward and go from there. We have an awesome show tonight. Remember, download, rate, review, subscribe to us by searching for Green Legion Radio on iTunes and Google Play. The easiest thing to do, however, is just download the iHeartRadio app, and you can listen to all three shows. That's Ice to Shorts, Winter Sports, Get Tanked Happy Hour, and Green Legion Radio all on the iHeartRadio app. You guys, Green Legion Radio, like I said, brought to you by Bud Light. Also brought to you by Stateside Vodka, Fishtown Distillery. That is premium vodka distilled right here in Philadelphia, as well as premium bourbon now distilled right here in beautiful Philadelphia. MCS Construction Services, the largest residential construction company in the city of Philadelphia. You also have The Next Sip, thenextsip.com. COVID protocol, accepted hands-free drinking. It's also great for kids' birthday parties. All the Cavanaugh's restaurants, Cavs Riverdeck, Cavs Headhouse, Cavs Rittenhouse, and Cavs University City. And, of course, the beautiful ladies at the Lilas that are going to be back open next week. I know Tank's excited about that. And, of course, our friends at City Fitness Philadelphia, all locations and over the bridge at Echelon Health and Fitness. Alice, time to turn that mic on, baby. What's up? What's happened this week, uh, this week in sports history, and what happened this week in Hollis history? Well, today is January the 28th, 2021. It's the 28th day of the year, and there's 337 of these puppies left. We're going to start off right off the bat with uh, national holidays. Today is National Kazoo Day. It's also Blueberry Pancake Day. <laughs> yes, I knew it. And then... Oh. The worst, the worst Facebook ad of all time was one. The, the kazoo group. Uh, <laughs> well, are you, I don't know how many of you guys grew up as Lego fans. Yeah, right on. Absolutely, Today is National Lego Day, and it's all say also Daisy Day because you're no Daisy. You're no Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> and I got say when. Say when. Doc <laughs> uh, Holiday. Uh, I got a couple of events here. Uh, the number one event is on J. Ray the twenty fifth, nineteen eighty one, the Super Super Bowl fifteen. Uh, we had uh, the Raiders beat up beat the Eagles twenty seven to ten. Jim Plunkett being the MVP. And then I go, had to go to 1982 on January the 27th when a, a historic trade was made by our Philadelphia Phillies, uh, sending Larry Boa and uh, Ryan Sandberg ah. to, uh, for Ivan De Jesus. De Jesus. De Jesus, yes. But then I had, I had a couple more, one more event here for you. Uh, this wasn't a good event either, but it was the Eagles reaching the uh, first time uh, – 
in the era of the Andy Reid era, we reached the NFC Championship game. The Rams beat the Eagles on uh, January the 27th, uh, 20, 29 to 24. And I had a couple of quick birthdays here. It was uh, 1936, Alan Alda. 1968, Rakim, the singer. I mean, the rapper. 1980, one of, one of, one of Quimby's favorite people, Nick Carter. <laughs> 1981, Elijah Woods, and 1985, Andre Iguodala. Now, this is uh, the uh, – it was one thing that I was uh, going to talk about about my own history around this time. It's like it's uh, around this time, a few, a few of the years that I played, I did not – I did not have – I did not have a wish. I did not have a, a a postseason. I wasn't going to the next. I wasn't going on to the next uh, to the Super Bowl, basically. So one one of those years, we closed down down Veterans Stadium, which was a uh, it was horrible to me. And was, I was just, I'm just thinking of how the guys feel now with who, who didn't make the playoffs and 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 are looking for their next gig, which I know we're going to talk about that a lot a, a lot of, uh, on the show coming up with guys not know not having any certainty to where they're going to be at. The same, the team is not going to be the same, especially for the guys who went deep into the playoffs and won a lot and felt they had some good chemistry. So, and 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 this, the other part of this was this was around the time I felt I found out that I played with over two hundred different defensive linemen in my career. <laughs> wow! Wow! I'm giving I'm giving Quimby this because he's not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Tank, that's awesome, man. But it's also depressing at the same time. Yeah. It's, well, well, the the thing about about this day is it's like if you don't if you're not winning in the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl, it's quite. I mean, quite depressing. <laughs> it's quite really. It's really depressing if you just think about it. It's one. It's you, you want to be the last person playing, he, and the only way he can do that is by winning the Super Bowl. Hey, Hollis, I got a question about that. What's mm-hmm. worse, losing, you know, in the conference championship, or not even making the playoffs and like being a, considered like you know a losing team or whatever? What's the worst feeling for a player when you're sitting? You're sitting at home either way, right? What 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 you've been on some great teams and yeah. some not so good teams. So the, the worst is not making it to the playoffs because you don't get that extra money. If you make it to the playoffs, <laughs> well, that makes that, sense. You get that extra lap dance money. <laughs> <laughs> Go I, I don't know if you know that, but uh, Diaz Tank told us this on uh, on on Monday on Get Tank. It's one hundred and forty thousand dollars per player if you win the Super Bowl. Yep, all That's the nice. Yes, it is. It's awesome. Awesome sauce. <laughs> it's a little, if you lose, it's a little bit less, and, and the hit the hit is still great. Though it's not it's not as good when you win because you get all those endorsements, and then that other money on the top of that comes in, and then you can really capitalize. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. All right, you guys. Well, guess what? We're moving on right now because we have another segment of Kick Ass or Jackass. Damn, and this, this one might be a little bit longer than normal because everybody is adding their own kick-ass or jackass these days, but I also went in and, and added a few. So let's make sure Super Sam and Slash are back in for this one. Who wants to go first? All right, Tank, that's it. What do you got, baby? All right, it's a draft season, folks. And I, I was just looking at TV the other day. Kick-ass or jackass, Mel Kuyper Jr.'s hair. <laughs> Quimby, you started off a go around. I've never saw a more wind tunnel tested set of follicles in my life, man. Kick ass. He has 
only one way to go with that set of hair. <laughs> I'm going to say jackass. It's being artificially supported. Uh, I'm going to say jackass. No way. Yeah, he's got the hairs there. The hairs there. I got to go kick ass. Kick ass for sure. I'm just absolutely jealous because I'm going bald. So I, it's it's kick ass for sure. Yeah, I thought it was kick ass too. I got it. I only had one. I only had one other one. The other one was I was watching a game last night, uh, the Flyers game. And it was the New Jersey Devils versus the our Philadelphia Flyers. And I was thinking, who's the owner of the Sixers rooting for? Kick ass or jackass for owning the Sixers and the Devils? Quibby, you go first. Oh, come <laughs> you already know that gets right in my craw, man. Yeah. Jack ass. <laughs> DS, DS. Uh, I am going to say jack ass as well. Listen, I love the Sixers. I hate the Sixers owners, and I hate the Devils just as much. So, uh, jack ass completely. Complete jack ass. Complete jack ass. 100% jack ass. What makes them even more of jackasses is the fact that they were trying to buy the New York Mets, and then they were trying to collaborate a whole sports network between the Sixers, the Devils, and the Mets, which would never work. So, in my opinion, I'll, I'll, jackass for sure. Is, is there any way that can be considered a conflict of interest and the league can rule against that? I don't think so because no. obviously they had the idea in mind and they and they thought that it was obviously going to work. Um, these guys are conglomerates, man. They 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 know how to make money and they have a small stake now in the Pittsburgh Steelers and they just want to put they just want to put their hand in every single like Halloween basket. It's insane. Uh, Russ Taylor just said, "Wind has no chance." Against Mel Piper's hair. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> the Sixers, the Sixers owners, they wanted a building. And, you know, there's there's all that talk where they try to build on Columbus Ave down here on Delaware Ave or whatever. But uh, you know, they it's not the devils as much as it is the Prudential Center, so you can host Final Fours and concerts and all truck pools and whatever the hell else you put you put on in an arena. But that that was the main thing. I mean, owning an NHL franchise, you know, like it's it's you know, it's nice, but it's like you know, you're not going to make all that much money on it. It's the it's the stadium that's going to really, really uh, and, make make the money. And the and the real problem that exists is you encourage fans like Chris Sack. <laughs> <laughs> Sack's a great fan. I, I'll give Sack that. He's a good fan. But those, Tank, those are the only two I had. Tank, awesome. Diaz, you want to go next? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna my first one here. Kick ass or jackass? Entrusting Major League Baseball Hall of Fame Hall of Fame voting to sports writers exclusively. Kick ass or jackass? Slash. Jackass. Jack. Jackass. To the end. Um, when we get to get it off your chest um, in the very last segment. Uh, I'm going to rip into pretty much everybody, uh, so I'm I'm gonna go with the fact that they are all jackasses, and I'm not done with them yet. Tank, jackass. Uh, they do the same thing for the uh, football hall of fame too, and they're those guys are in there fighting. And if you were not nice to them, then then you it takes a while for you to get in. Q. I think I think sports writers. I mean, look. I mean, we've had to listen to Marcus Hayes for how many years? <laughs> oh. I mean, come on. It's, yeah, boom. No, they suck. It, and, and the fact, look, I mean, how many, how many people are in the Baseball Hall of Fame that did do steroids that they looked away from as opposed to Bonds, Clemens? Uh, you know, yeah, Zach, jump in on that one. 
it's not even about the steroids because obviously you think Mike Piazza did it and Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell and my dad always says Ken Griffey Jr. You know because his body started breaking down at such a young age. It's the fact that everybody wants to sit here and vilify Kurt Schilling for being a bad person because of who he supports at, politically. But in reality, when it comes down to Kurt Schilling, you Ty Cobb killed two guys allegedly. You have racists and bigots and alcoholics and drug addicts in the friggin' Hall of Fame. And you want to try and vilify this guy and keep him out when you can't tell the history of Major League Baseball, the story of Major League Baseball, without Kurt Schilling, and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame along with his bloody sock. Thank you. Yep. That's that's that group of cast of character sounds like uh, the group that's going to be visiting Quimby this weekend down at his little villa in Costa Rica. I, I'm, I'm sorry. That- <laughs> Biden made sure people aren't coming down to visit now. Thanks. I got a, I got a couple more here. Here's one. Uh, Adam Silver framing the NBA players jumping the vaccine the vaccine line as a public service announcement for everybody. Kick ass or jackass slash. That's jackass. <laughs> I'm confused. That's no jackass. Sam. Charles Barkley and Charles Barkley and I agree that it's kick-ass. Let them get vaccinated. Let them play. Let them entertain us. I'm going to say it's almost as jackass as the fact that smokers are the ones that are at the head of the line to get the vaccine in the first place. So Adam Silver is a jackass. Thank well, well <laughs> I feel like it was a. I only feel like this jackass, maybe because initially they said that they were not going to jump the line. So it's like either you're going to or you're not going to. I felt like they should, if they were going to do it, they should have did it to show to show uh, to show confidence in the shot. Get control of your players. Yeah. Get control of your players. If you can't control your players, then don't don't ha- don't play the season. Sorry, Q. Q. Nah, you're good, man. Kick ass. NBA players deserve more accolades and more uh, uh, advances and more benefits than anybody on the face of the earth. Is that you, Diaz? Good job, Q. Uh, here's my last one. A kick ass or jackass? Brian Elliott, starting goalie. Slash. Uh, kick ass. He's the hot hand right now. You got to go with him. Sam? Kick ass. Kick ass. I like having a steady veteran hand right behind the future, you know, all starting goalie, starting goalie. goalie. No, it, no, it's starting goalie sack. It's jackass. It's it's kick ass, Because my boy Carter to get uh, he gave up fourteen goals already. Damn. <laughs> I'm going with kick ass just to piss off sack. <laughs> I like that answer, Q. Okay, I'm done. Who's up next? Were you guys aware that I was in the hospital for a couple days and my blood pressure was really high? Let's not do it to me tonight. Let's not do it. We're, we're trying to send you right bed. back there. We're trying to are, send you right back. Are you aware that we don't care and we love you enough <laughs> to bring you right back into the fire, my friend? <laughs> we we are. Remember, you know how people that have some sort of disorder or, or some sort of handicap, they always say, I don't, don't see it. I don't want to. Just include me. I want to be part of everything. <laughs> be careful what you ask for, my friend. Sad. I don't have anything because obviously I've been busy and tied up, and I actually went back to work today, so I, I didn't get the chance to put anything together. So, Quimby, I'm looking forward to yours. And in case you guys wanted to know, the first thing that Rachel and Chris did when he got out of the hospital. Please don't. Was, no, no. Don't get fired. He, don't get fired. He, don't get fired. He said he was tied up. It's funny. Leave it alone. <laughs> Slash, what do you got, buddy? I just have one for you guys as we hit the hardwood. 
Is it time? Time again? To- I can't, apparently, we can't talk about what Chris and Rachel did when they got back from the hospital. Come on, <laughs> it was a good transition, though, right? Yeah, perfect segue, <laughs> my friend. Time to hit the panic button on how bad the Sixers are without Joel Embiid. Ooh, Super Sam, you start. I'm I'm gonna say it's not Jackass. It's not time yet. Uh, Quimby, first of all, I, don't I wish that happened when I got home on Monday from the hospital? And second, uh, the way that the Sixers play is completely jackass because Ben Simmons needs to step up and actually be a all-star player and take over when the when Batman is actually off the court. Tank. Mm, I'm going to say uh, jackass, but uh, I think Tobias Harris needs to, stay, to uh, step up a little bit too. He's getting paid j- just as much, if not more. More. Simmons. Yeah, exactly. So... Simmons is not the not the scorer. He's a facilitator and a rebounder and a good defender. I feel like Tobias Harris needs to step up and step it up quick. And why the hell do they keep putting the kid Brady in the game? It's <laughs> 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 god awful. I, you know what? Yeah, you know what? It, it's uh, you. You guys keep saying Tobias Harris has to pick it up. Tobias Harris is what he is. You're not getting anything more from him. I think he's right. Listen. It, it, this is this is all you're going to get from this guy, it, which is why this was a questionable signing, and this one's going to hurt us for a few more years. It's it, I think it's I think it's jackass that you have to hit the reset button already, but but it's on the radar. Uh, I, I would say that it's uh, slash it's jackass. Um, uh, worrying about what the team plays like without Joel Embiid, they're not winning a championship without Joel Embiid. Uh, they're not winning a championship without LeBron or Giannis. Uh, it doesn't matter. If he's out, they're out. All right, everybody. And we only have about four minutes left on this segment before we go to our first break. I want to get through mine. I know you guys didn't think I was going to be offering any kick-ass or jackass. Uh, we're going to go around the room, Diaz slash Super Sam Sack and damn Skippy. Since we have a new head coach, I thought we'd go over a few a few entertaining uh, items you can do with a former Eagles head coach. So let's go. Diaz watching a sad movie with Dick Vermeil. Uh, I'm going to say jackass because uh, no one has gotten more out of crying than Dick Vermeil. <laughs> it's a weird Flash. way to drown. Uh, I'm going to go jackass. <laughs> jackass. There's not enough tissues in the world to get through a sad movie with both Kyle and uh, Coach Vermeil, so I'll say jackass. <laughs> I say kick-ass because, mainly because I like to see a grown man cry every once in a while, but I, I don't think I could take it for that long, though. Yeah. If he starts blubbering too hard, I might have to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I go kick-ass, but only for the first five minutes of the movie. Then then I'm getting out of the getting out of range of the well. Yeah. All right. Offensive adjustments by Rich Kotite after losing Randall Cunningham. Pass. Jackass. <laughs> permanently jackass. I don't even want to think about it. Offensive adjustments. Jesus. He, yeah. no, he didn't have a game plan. <laughs> Zero. Jackass. Stuff. Anything Rich Kotite jackass. Jackass. Coach Klein and the Waterboy had a better playbook than him. So I'll Seriously. say jackass. Seriously. Jackass. <laughs> All right, <laughs> next one. Ruining Andy Reid's fry-to-burger ratio by jacking a few when he isn't looking. Oh, my God. Can we get away with that, Kyle? 
jacking. Uh, I'm, I'm jacking. Not I'm jacking, you jackass. Uh, well, I'm going to say jackass because I'm not getting between Andy Reid and his food. No way. <laughs> I don't want to get between Andy Reid and anything. Jackass. <laughs> Jack, jackass. I don't have a plan to lose either one of my hands, so jackass. Uh, there can be deadly when dealing with a big dog and his food. I respect <laughs> other big dogs and their grubs, so I feel like it's jackass. <laughs> I think it's complete kick-ass. I would love to say, yo, Reed, what's that over there? And jack a few fries. Ray Rhodes pregame speeches. Ooh, I'm going to have to defer to Hollis on this one. I'm going to say kick-ass. Not too familiar. I'm going to have to regress. I would say kick ass. Jam, you're waiting way too long for a response here. Good. Zach. If the rumors are true, kick ass. Tank. Kick ass. Makes you want to run through a wall. I, I don't know if I can follow anything up after that. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do have sensitivity training with Buddy Ryan. No. Ooh. Uh, Quimby with sensitivity training. Kick ass. I mean, please. <laughs> He- invest heavily. <laughs> I'll go kick ass. I'll do any training with Buddy Ryan. Kick ass. As long as it's not foot rubs with Rex, I'm okay with going with anything with Orion. So kick ass. Uh, that'd be so kick ass to watch him call the Mambi Pan, send him back to Mambi Pambi Land. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> kick ass as well. And finally, closed door meetings with Doug Peterson and his assistant. Oh, man, I don't know if we can keep this one in here. I'm going to say kick ass. <laughs> Go kick ass. Go kick ass, and we're definitely keeping this one. Crusher Doug. Got to do what you got to do. Kick ass. Um, I'm going to say no thanks to that. Uh, no no two swords in, involved in my world, so jackass. I'm going to go with jackass. I'm not a voyeur. <laughs> uh Tank, I've heard, I've seen you on a complete power load. Yes, you are. Kick ass. <laughs> Everybody, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports the Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be back with plenty of football. Welcome back, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. we got a lot of football to talk about right now. It's uh, it, There's an elephant in the room. A lot of a lot of great things came out of, uh, out of football, and we have a ton to, to discuss. But we have, we have to discuss the elephant in the room right now. We have, we have to talk about two incredibly poor decisions, one by both Aaron Rodgers, who has now tied Donovan McNabb, and and Ken Stabler, Ken Stabler, Ken Stabler for uh, losing four NFC championship or uh, losing four uh, conference championship games. Uh, and there's there's a bad decision on behalf of Aaron Rodgers, followed up by an even worse decision by Matt Lafleur. And we're going to go with Diaz on this one first because Hollis and I already discussed this a little bit on get tanked on Monday, uh, but let. Diaz, your opinion, you've got a uh, an eight-yard run that Rodgers can make on third down. There is not a single defender on the strong side of the field except for a D-back who's behind his receiver in the back of the end zone. It's impossible. 
impossible that guy can clear through him and get to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could have used his own player as a pick and taken the angle right into the end zone and then followed up by Matt LaFleur's decision to kick a field goal, which meant absolutely nothing. Your take, brother, go. Uh, you know, the the play and, and Aaron Rodgers and split decision, he's he's made big plays before. I, I really can't question him on that. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But the, the decision to kick the field goal, you're just handing the ball back to Tom Brady with two minutes left? I mean, and, and w- w- the one thing that, that Doug helped prove – uh, you know, that's kind of going across the league. If you want to win, you got to be aggressive. This whole be safe and, you know, you got to be aggressive. And if you, you know, the game came down to that play and they kicked the field goal and they never saw the ball again. So if you want to win, be aggressive, uh, you know, call a better play on first, second, and third down. But uh, yeah, I can't fault Rodgers for that um, more than just the coaching is, ooh, that, talk about play call. Yikes. In the NFC Championship game, they never saw the ball again. See, I I thought the miscommunication between Rodgers and the floor going into that first and goal situation from the eight was pathetic to begin with. Because really, in reality, LaFleur should have let him know, you've got three plays to get it done, or you've got four plays to get it done. And the fact that Rodgers, he told Rodgers on that third down play, you make the play call. He didn't even give him the play call. He let oh Rodgers. I didn't he, even know that. He let Rodgers make the play call, and Rodgers even said that he would have called probably some crossing patterns if he would have known that he wasn't going to have fourth down at his disposal. Now, as far as him being able to get into the end zone, I don't know if he was going to make it. I, I I'm a little, I'm disappointed in the fact that he didn't make the attempt to go because I think if they were closer to the goal line, they probably would have went forward on fourth down if it was fourth and you know goal from the four or the three. But Ndamukong Sue was right on him as, as soon as he was about to break. Shaq Barrett was right on him when he was about to break. And there was a linebacker right on the goal line. Um, it was probably one of their all-pro guys, what, the Levante uh, David? I mean, like, I don't think he would have made it, but I think he would have made the decision on the floor, like, hey, from the three or four, we're going to go for it here. But they completely screwed the pooch. Um, on both ends of the situations, they they should have both been on the same page going into that first and go- or in that first goal situation. No, um, I thought the same thing that you thought, but I thought on second down that uh, Rodgers had a chance to run in and get it a little bit closer because they ran the same they ran the exact same coverage all three times, and if you, it's like you see the same thing all three times. And the part that pissed me off was. He made no attempt to pull it down and run. But then when he pulled it down to run, nobody really even came up to try to stop him from running. And you could have got closer to the goal line, closer and closer. And I felt like he I felt like he just dropped the ball in that situation. It, it, he just choked. He let up. It's like it's kind of like defending Ben Simmons. They let him run and then he didn't run. It's just like let Ben Simmons shoot, he won't shoot anyway. You know, it's like why you're right. Why didn't he just take you three yards, four yards, five yards? It's gotta be four down territory. I'll tell you right now, the element that uh, that has become so prevalent as we watch more and more football. <laughs> Great teams, when inside the 10-yard line, aren't afraid to run the ball. All right? They don't get nervous and throw all three times like just good teams might do. They're going to smash it down your throat. They're going to say, you know what? Not only are we going to beat you, but we're going to take another – minute and 20 seconds off the clock and give you even less time to get back. Now, who knows? All right. You you could have seen Matt LaFleur playing for a, a touchdown and, a, you know, a quick score in case they didn't get the two-point conversion. All right. I don't know if that 
factored into the equation? Because let's be honest, that uh, illegal formation or that uh, that that jump uh, uh, on on first down that Green Bay had was a brilliant call to stop the clock before the two minute warning, but it followed up by one of the, the worst calls ever seen. I, I think you're right, Quimby. I think they worked. I think Lafleur and Rodgers were trying to score the touchdown before the two minute warning because it would have given them the two minute warning as a stoppage and it would have given them three timeouts. And at that point, you're down by two. But it, I, I I don't know. I, I don't understand the thinking because I'm still laying there in my hospital bed and I'm going, why is Crosby on the field? Why are they kicking the field goal here? It doesn't make much of a difference because at that point you're still going to have to score a touchdown against the Bucks and you're giving them the you're giving that you're giving the ball back to Tom Brady. And I'm sorry, I've seen it way too many times where Tom Brady has made you pay. And thankfully, the one time he doesn't make you pay was when we won the Super Bowl. Back to you, Q. Monday, 2007, Diaz was there. New England, A.J. Feely, and our Philadelphia Eagles are beating the New England Patriots. In two minutes and 35 seconds left in the game, Westbrook is picking up four-plus yards every time he touches the ball. And at the 32-yard line, Andy Reid calls a deep ball into the end zone. (laughs) What happened? Asante Samuel. Interception. Yeah. All right. And and, and you sit there and go, what was your thought process there? What were you possibly thinking? And if history and analytics repeat themselves, Diaz said it earlier, you don't want to give Tom Brady the ball with two minutes to go. The uh, fundamental of a play call, it's almost like, what does the other team not want you to do? You know, like whatever they whatever they they're worrying about. That's exactly what you want to do. You know, you're just like, oh, we want to let him kick the field goal, kick the field goal. It, it's, and then, and then what you're doing is, it, it doesn't make any sense. You're never going to see the ball again. You, Tom Brady is too smart. He's got too much experience to make to, uh, to make that work. Um, it's it's disappointing for for them. I, I don't know what wrong. Now, now, Q, you have a uh, you have a quote after the game from one of the defensive players uh, about about that actual down about them not even believing that this was going on. Ready? Shaquille Shaquille Barrett, all right, on on the decision to not go for uh, the the touchdown. Hey, I couldn't believe it, honestly, Barrett said, because there's no guarantee they're going to make it back down there again. Even if they was on fourth down, they might as well try. But I know if he could take it back, he probably wouldn't do that next time. But I appreciate it. <laughs> now, the, now the thing with that statement is, is let you know that de- if if you're if you're paying attention to the game as a coach, you have to know that they've been ki- they've been kicking out of the quarterback's ass. So you need to score now because, as he said, there was three turnovers in that game, and all you occurred was six points off those three turnovers that Tom Br- Tom Brady was trying to give you the game, and you just you didn't want to take it. Yeah. Tank, I, I, I want to know your your thought on this. Uh, I, I know we're talking about the end of the game, but to me, the big part about the game was the um, the hail mary to Scotty Miller at halftime. Um, that right there, like the coverage, the blown coverage. Um, what did you see on that play as far as defensive coverage? Uh, why wasn't there any safety help over top for Kevin King? Because uh, he just Scotty Miller blew blew him away, and and he he just had no shot on that thirty nine yard. Uh, what's going through your head as a defensive player when you see a play like that? 
what the hell is he doing? If you watched that entire play, it reminded you. It reminded you. You remember when we played Minnesota and uh, Diaz was watching the game with me? Oh you gosh, that, and I, I, was, that was fun. Uh, I yeah, wish they won, but yeah. but, the, but the defensive back was looking in the damn backfield the entire time. What the hell are you looking in the backfield for? And your man is running by you. You think you're going to the damn snack bar? Are what you talking about? Are, are you talking yeah, about Rasul Douglas uh, yeah, with Stephon Diggs? Yeah, with yeah, Stephon yeah. Diggs. The same thing happened to King. If you watch that play slowly, he's 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 looking in the backfield. What the hell are you looking back for? They ran they ran they ran that so they could get pressure on Tom so he could get rid of the ball quick. It's like you're looking in the backfield and your guy's running by you. Stupid. That's stupid, stupid deal. It's, and it's Kevin King's fault, really. If you want to look at it, that play should have never happened, especially at that point of the game. Yeah, Scotty, real quick, Quibby, uh, Scotty Miller, I don't know if you guys saw this today, said he's the fastest guy in the league, faster than Tyreek Hill. They asked him specifically, and he said, I would bet, bet on me in a race. Really? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I, the, the, hey, well, maybe we can get Terrell Owens in that race, too, huh? Uh, you think you can get him to show up somewhere? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the funny part to me is how Tom Brady always continuously finds these white boy wide receivers like that always seem to get open. Scotty Miller, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Jason Amendola. It's like, or uh, you know, uh, Danny Amendola. It, it, it's so funny. Like it's like you know, Brady always has to have one of these guys, and it, he finds them all the time. He had uh, he has Evans, uh, Goodwin, and and Gronk to take the top off of it, so they they really worried about everybody else. So so, Scotty, you just use this speed and take them what they give them. I hear you. And, and by the way, I'll have uh, as much of a shot of having Owen shot up, uh, show up at something as I will Javon Curse, which, by the way, that email was fun this week. Uh, anyway. Wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. wonderful. Let's move on to Kansas City Buffalo real quick. Uh, Josh Allen was not ready for that game. Josh Allen was not ready for these playoffs to begin with. He didn't look great. Uh, I thought he was not crisp in uh, the first game. He wasn't crisp in the second game until the second half. And he certainly wasn't crisp on, on, on that game Sunday night. And you're talking about the best offense in the league that only managed to come up with just averaging over 22 points a game during the playoffs. And he only went up against one formidable defense in that entire run. You guys, your take on Josh Allen and whether or not that was uh, uh, he was ready for that game. I, I mean, I'll, since I I love Josh Allen, MVP Josh Allen. Um, was he ready for the game? Uh, he he did not play well. Um, he didn't. But is he <laughs> slash loves Josh Allen? But is he was he ready for it? I mean, you know, who is you? Just get into the, you get into the game and you play. I, I their their playing call their play calling was uh, very conservative. Uh, you're not going to beat the Chiefs kicking field goals. You know, you got to go four down territory all the time. But, I mean, he's in the AFC Championship game. I know we'll talk a little bit about some other past NFC cha- uh, Championship games, conference games. Uh, you know, he's one of the last four four quarterbacks there. Uh, is he ready for it? I don't know. I'm, I, I think he'll get back there, and, and he'll do better the next time he's in. Josh Allen, um, he listen, he didn't play well in the AFC Championship game. I thought the Bills were a year ahead of the curve. Um, so, like, really, in reality, the fact that they made it to the AFC Championship game this year, I thought that was going to be something more prevalent for next season. Uh, but if, if you look at it like this, they had the number one red zone offense 
this season, and the Chiefs had the number one, had the number thirty-two ranked red zone defense this season. And when the Bills got down there in the red zone, they weren't able to finish, and that was a big problem for the Bills on Sunday. And if you look at it too, the the Bills defense didn't do enough to pressure. Um, Mahomes coming off the concussion and with his toe injury, Josh Allen was running for his life all game long. And that was the difference in the game right there was red zone and pressure on the quarterback. And that's the reason why the Chiefs are who they are. And they're going on to face Brady in the, in Super Bowl 55. Well, they, well, you uh, you guys certainly gave me a lot to chomp up there. Well, <laughs> you, you know, the, uh, the, the the way I looked at it, I felt like Josh Allen did not he did he, he did not show up. Uh, we had a time of need. He picked one hell of a time to go into the tank, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so, and, but when you look at it, they were calling the game for him. They was expect they were expecting him to put the bills on his shoulders. <laughs> and obviously, he wasn't ready for that. That's what MVPs MVPs do. Um, and he he just he kind of just like screwed the pooch. He, he, he pretty much uh he he didn't he didn't he didn't seize the moment. And 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 I felt like without Moss and uh, Singletary at the same time that he wasn't going to be able to seize the second because and it's like the play calling went strict strictly to more passing, and it was it was just it was jacked up. The play calling was jacked up. You can't you can't expect to win the game not in the ball knowing that they they didn't even make Kansas City come out of their sub package. That's how much they didn't run the ball. So if all I got to do is worry about the past, we've made you one-dimensional. This is the playoffs. We got DBs. We're here for a reason. Point blank. I'll be here all week. <laughs> you guys love the love the take. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, the Gambler, one hundred two point five FM, Philadelphia. Brought to you by Bud Light. On our uh, coming back in from our uh, our break here. Uh, we do have more football, but we're going to do that at the top of the hour. We got a sack attack coming up here uh, when we come back from break, and I think there's going to be a lot of JT conversation in there. JT, JT! Which we are extremely (laughs) excited about, everybody. So, uh, again, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports and Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be back right after this. All right, everybody. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia. Diaz, thanks for not being on mute when you smashed into the studio right there. Appreciate you, baby. Yeah, that's what happens when you come out of the song. We'll make changes and we'll do better. <laughs> Just messing with you. <laughs> yeah. All right, Hollis, you're on mute. Thank you. But I appreciate you unmuting. Just a laugh. Did you guys get that? <laughs> yes. Get it, baby. Yo, get keep, it. keep all the laughs. Delete all the snorts. That's that's all we ask. That's all we ask. <laughs> Did you see his face there? Yeah, yeah. I love you, big guy. <laughs> all right, everybody. We're figuring some stuff out, and I think we're doing a lot better. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. It is time, everybody, for a sack attack. Yes, yesterday was a fantastic day as a Phillies fan. And listen, it's not going to solve all of our woes, okay? I still think, regardless if we had JT Real Muto or not, we're still in line for a no better than a fourth-place finish because I still think the Mets, the Nationals, and Braves have all gotten 
exponentially better this offseason as compared to us. Uh, but the deal for JT Earl Muto is huge. It is, it is a, is a big one for us. We now have the best catcher in baseball in house for the next five years. Um, the Phillies did the right thing all along, guys, with the negotiations. Um, last offseason, they wanted him and his agent, they wanted seven years, 200 plus million dollars. Uh, the Phillies held out and they got the better end of the deal as compared to negotiating with themselves. Uh, five years, $115 million. This year, he'll make $20 million. $10 million of his salary he has deferred to 2026 and 2027 after his contract expires. So he'll get $5 million in 2026 and $5 million in 2027. Um, outside of that, he'll be making um, all, just le- a little less than $24 million um, from 2022 to 2025. Um, he set the record for annual average value for a catcher's contract, which is $23 million, which is what he wanted to set all along. Um, um, for future catchers, which he broke the record that was previously set by Joe Maurer with the Minnesota Twins. Um, he does not have a trade clause, but if they were to trade him, he would get a million dollars for it. And there is no uh, there is no player or club option for 2026. It's in you know, if he wants to leave after 2025, he can go ahead and do so. Um, this right now sets the Phillies payroll at $179 million. Um, going into the season. So they have about $25 million to play with before they, uh, before the, you know, if you're looking at $25 million left compared to what their payroll was last year, um, right now they're still in the market for a shortstop, some starting pitching, some more bullpen arms. Uh, now that the fact that the shortstop market is starting to dry up on Jelton Simmons last night, Diaz, we were talking about him on our show. Um, he signed with the Minnesota Twins. Marcus Simeon went on. To, uh, now he's going to be at second base for the Blue Jays. And Freddie Galvis, our old friend here in Philadelphia, he signed a deal to play shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. So the Phillies now are back in the running and still have been in the running for Didi Gregorius. The thing is with Didi is Didi wants to play on a multi-year deal. He's looking for two years. Here's $30 million. The two teams that are in on DD right now are the Phillies and the Reds. So we'll see where he winds up. But the Phillies right now, they're not interested in a multi-year deal for DD Gregorius because the shortstop market next year is friggin' phenomenal. And the Phillies are definitely going to want to get their hands in there and get involved. Uh, Francisco Lindor, Corey Seager. Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, and Javier Baez are all set to hit the market next winter. The Phillies are going to want to be involved in that. And plus, they still have a shortstop in the system that they had. Bryson Stott, one of their top prospects. Eventually, they might be able to move him to third if they move Boehm over to th- over to first base and they trade Hoskins or however they plan on doing it. But the Phillies are going to be heavily involved next winter in the shortstop market. Um, Quimby, real quick before we go to yeah, Diaz. Real, real, real fast. Uh, it really doesn't matter if the Phillies don't sign Gregorius. I mean, he'd make the team better this year, but they're not doing anything anyway, like you said. So what's the point of losing out on one of those five players when, in fact, uh, you, you would if you if you signed him? Complete agreement. If he gets let go, it sucks, but if you can't get him for a one-year deal, I don't take him. I'm right there with you, Diaz. Uh, first off, I was going to say, you know, like we haven't even started this year. We have JT Real Muto back in town for what four days, and you're already talking about next off season. So, like that, that's great. That's a lot of fun. But I got a question about 
about Rio Muto's contract. So I, I, I read the headlines. I'm happy that he's here. You went in and out on the details. Now, it seems to me there was some agent trickery right here. How much money is deferred till 2026, 2027? $5 million both years. Okay, so he signed the largest annual average contract for a catcher, but $10 million is, is deferred. So it might count for these particular years, but he's not going to receive it for. It's more like he has a four-year deal for twenty-one and a half million dollars a year, and then uh, at the end of the contract, there's two extra years for for five million dollars each. Is this? This sounds like agent trickery to me to make to make that nice announcement that oh, he's got the you, record. You said agent. I thought you said something else. <laughs> I was about to pull out an abacus and see if I could figure it out. I'm you're sorry. you're in Central America. It's a different different type down there. Well, Diaz, before I go ahead and I answer your question real quick, uh, I'm going to say that you're breaking my balls about looking forward to the to the free agent market next winter. Uh, you're the one that's looking three years ahead down the line when Tobias Harris's contract runs out. So um, listen, if anybody, I'm also has- I'm also looking for three years down the line when Carter Hart can start on the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Shots fired. So anyway, um, yes, uh, you're you're correct. Listen, it, however they they put the money in there, but remember, ten million dollars in deferred money isn't that big of a deal. The reason why Bryce Harper didn't go back to the Nationals was because they were trying to put like sixty, seventy million dollars off, like when he was turning fifty, sixty years old. Um, you know, down the line, he's like, well, why are you going to give me that money all right. the way there? You know, for for me, Muto, it makes sense. Listen, if if he plays well. And he turns 35, he, he's going to make $5 million from the Phillies, and then he can sign a deal anywhere else and make maybe 15 to $20 million and still be making you know, 20, $25 million um, on his next contract. It just um, sounds, it sounds like a mini Bonilla deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, possibly. Deferred- yeah, possibly. But I, I, I look at it, it's not as bad because obviously it's not going to be t- t- you know, going 30 years past uh, – <laughs> Past the, the you know the point of his career when he retires, but I I look at it like this, guys. Okay, listen, this is not the time to rebuild. This is not the time to retool. Yes, I, I listen. I'm looking at the shortstop market going into next year, but you have now JT Romuto, 30 years old, Zach Wheeler, 30 years old, Hoskins, Harper, Nola, all 28 years old. So. The, the time to win is now, and you have to open up the pocketbook, George Steinbrenner want to be. It's time to unleash the hounds. It's time to let Dombrowski do what he needs to do to put a contender on the field. And I don't care if it's this offseason with whatever's left on the free agent market going into next year. It's time. Unleash the hounds. Unleash the Kraken. Release the Kraken. Sack. Let's do it. It's time. You can't run away. Let's talk about let's talk about the the Flyers franchise savior Carter Hart and the incredible week that he had last week. Well, if anybody listened to our episode of Ice of Shorts Winter Sports uh, on Tuesday night, which you can also find on the iHeartRadio app, along with uh, this week's Get Tanked Happy Hour episode, um, listen, Carter Hart right now is in a funk, and that is what happens. In all sports, everybody goes into a funk, okay? So he's not playing well right now. The defense isn't playing well in front of him. The Flyers aren't getting plenty of shots on net on the, the, the offensive side of the ice. Outside of last night, they, they played a very 
well, very complete game against the Devils. Now the Devils aren't one of the better teams in the division. They they didn't play like they didn't play well this past weekend uh, on Saturday against the Bruins. They got their doors blown out, but they they were competitive against them last Thursday. They gave four goals in the third period, and you know you go into overtime, and you know if it wasn't for Tuka Rask, the Flyers win that game in overtime. Um, but or if Claude Giroux could score on a power on a shoot shootout. I mean, that, that would uh, okay. be good, too. Okay, let's just look at him and not look at the other two guys that didn't score on their shootout goals. But that's but, fine. That's yeah, fine. They're, they're not top five Flyers of all time. But anyway, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go or on. the longest tenured captain in Flyers history, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, but the Flyers did play well last night. Uh, Provorov had a great game. Uh, Gossespierre returned. He had a great game uh, alongside Provorov. Maybe we, we finally have a number one pairing now that someone's going to uh, work alongside with Provorov. Um, within the next week, you're going to get Couturier back, which is going to solidify you down the middle. Uh, Myers is going to be back on the, on the second pairing with Sanheim sometime within the next couple of weeks. The Flyers have to get healthy um, you know, in those two areas, and they have to be more cohesive between the forwards and the defense. Because when they're playing well, when they're getting you know exits out from from uh, from the defense to the forwards, and the forwards are getting the pucks down into the corners, and they're forechecking well, that sets up everything across the line, um, and and will help the goaltenders so much better. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it when Carter Hart actually has an opportunity to prove Diaz wrong, which he will, unlike Ben Simmons proving me wrong. Did you, do you have uh, Wonder Woman's uh, bands on her on the, the deflecting that's going on there? The question was, what is going on with Carter Hart? And you just spent three minutes talking about injuries and Sean Couturier and pairings on offense and defense and Tuka Rask and all around the barn when Carter Hart has given up like 14 goals in his last two and a half games. Carter, he, he, listen. Let me say this here. I want the Flyers to win. I want a parade. I, I, they're my hockey team. They're my fourth out of four. But oh my God, this is like, we hate Ben Simmons because he plays defense and dribbles and passes and doesn't shoot. Carter Hart is, he's, he's, his goals against average is like 4.3 or something like that. It's early in the season. I'm not going to freak out, but it's just the levels of ang- Everyone's like, oh, well, Sean Couturier, oh, Sean Couturier is that. That's why Carter Hart's been real bad. I got it. It, it's not early in the season when you consider there's only 61 56 games. 56. 56 total? 56. 56 games. And no preseason. Listen, and, it, 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 I'm sorry. And how many games have they played? Seven, eight. About seven or eight, yeah. yeah. Seven or eight. No preseason. You're, you're looking at 15% of the games already. Uh, yeah. You got, you got two more games before, three more games before you're, before you're uh, you know. Yeah, they played seven games because they play the Devils again because they're doing two and two, so it's kind of like a series. But listen, man, I'm I'm not worried about Carter Hart. It's earlier in the season. Good thing is, is Brian Elliott has played well when he's been asked to play, and the Flyers have gotten a couple wins when Elliott has played. I'm not worried about Carter Hart. I'm not going to get worried about Carter Hart until we get about halfway through the season. And if he's still playing like this, then at that point, I really will start to worry. Apologist. There it is. There it is. Everybody, we're going to take our next break here on Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, brought to you by Bud Light. When we come back in on the break, we are going to give Diaz his NBA time, and I hope Sack gives it right back to him as much as he just did to him. You guys, Green Legion Radio on Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light, back right after this. 
Region Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. I hope you can see my signs now, you guys. We can. A member of Diaz Nation cheering him on. Thanks, Randy. Thank you, sir. Hey, I just want to say, I see on the comments, our old friend, Mendy Morrison from Green Legion, uh, the Green Legion football team. He is. Uh, he's checking in. So, Mendy, I haven't ah, seen him. Nice, haven't seen man. him in a decade. So, yeah. What's up, my man? Was that Quimby's quarterback? Because I know he was an All-Pro wide receiver. Uh, that was Billy Brown, baby. And Gary Billy Bashford. Brown. Billy Brown and I won a title. Green together. Legion. Green Legion football. It was. A, it was a great time. And Mendy, uh, miss you. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well with the fam and uh, staying healthy. And uh, come back every week. We're always here. Wednesday nights, Thursday nights on Fox Sports, The Gambler. That. Love it. Love it. Uh, Diaz, don't stop now, man. It's your NBA time. It's ah. Shut Up Diaz segment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk a little NBA. I mean, while while Sack was uh, deflecting the coronavirus and Carter Hart was not deflecting shots on goal, Joel Embiid has spent the last couple days deflecting MVP talk. Uh, I read today Sports Illustrated has him at the quarter mark. This is already the quarter mark of the season. Has them uh, has him uh, leading the MVP race, um, the ringer uh, as well. Um, he's certainly playing like an MVP. Um, I know that Sack is very big on voted top five in this in the MVP. So we should see <clears throat> um, as long as with everything with Embiid is as long as he stays healthy. Um, he's just crushing it. it. Everything that you wanted to see from him when he was drafted and the expectations. He's doing it now. I think the coaches have made a big difference. The roster construction. He's getting smarter. Um, it, it's 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 certainly a joy to watch a big guy, especially in the NBA today. Where hold everything- on, stop, stop. That's let, get get that on the sound drop. Uh, but what did I say? I was certainly even- certainly a joy to watch a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think Whoa. I'm buddies with Hollis? <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> now nah, he's been he's been killing it though. Um, you know the the one thing I wanted to say and just hear what you guys had to like these standings in these games they mean they really mean nothing. It's all these everyone's skipping game. Jimmy Butler hasn't played in three weeks. The Sixers beat the Heat twice a couple weeks ago. I mean, of course that's great for our friend Louise, but. You know, it's impossible to say the state. Right now, the Sixers are in first place in the East. Obviously, you'd rather be in first first place than, you know, out of the playoffs. But, you know, I think it's going to come down to every health is going to be more important than anything than the standings. And that's going to be bad, uh, you know, for the fans that want to watch their players. Sack, what do you got? Well, listen, I I just think the fact the Sixers are the ones that are really making the case for Embiid to be MVP because when he doesn't play, they're 0-5. So they're doing a great job of really making his case that he's the most valuable player in the NBA because they look like garbage when he's not on the court and Ben Simmons turns into Cinderella and decides to run away from the ball. Hollis. Uh, well, uh, I was I had, to, I had to cover my eyes the way you were dismantling him like that. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, you are correct. It's... Um, it's kind of it's kind of hard to watch them without Embiid because they they don't they don't go like they're supposed to. And uh, me, me and Sack was talking about this earlier about them somebody stepping up, somebody taking those minutes and using it as a point to prove to prove that you belong on the squad and, pro- and prove that you belong with the team. You, you're supposed to be able to take over. So and the guys are not seizing the moment to take over to take over to take over the game when the beat is not there. Somebody's got to take up those minutes and points. 
I, 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 Mike English is right on there. Um, they're 0-4 without Embiid, which is kind of like, uh, you know what we need to add a video in here, Quimby? We need to add a Captain Obvious video. Like, oh, oh, they're not as good when Joel Embiid is not on? I know the Flyers are better when Carter Hart is off the ice, but Joel Embiid not being on... Uh, what are you saying? Denver is worse when Jokic is not on the floor? Kawhi? L.A. is worse when Kawhi's not on the floor? I get what you guys are saying. You want to see the other players around step up and fill that void um and the problem with this team is and where they could fall in the playoffs is not having that secondary go-to uh creator that could create off the dribble slash uh uh, slash is coming in here to give me some grief what do you got my man what's the difference between the two the two teams you just mentioned and the sixers the sixers are first no they all have a number two guy that can step up when their big guys out the sixers are in first place yeah because of Embiid. You if can't Joel win a championship Embi- with one guy. You need to have a surrounding crew. I hear you. But when the, when they all are on the f- floor together, they're nine and zero. They're like a plus seventeen, which would be like historic in net rating. I mean, what we're talking about is the playoffs and championships, right? That's what we were going for. So I don't care about a Detroit game in January. I know it'd be more fun in the moment to watch, but it's like we only care about the games that they're going to be in the playoffs. If Joel Embiid gets hurt in the first round, well. What? What? Like, yeah, it's over. Maybe they win one round. Maybe they win two. I mean, you know, Joel Embiid is the MVP of the team, certainly. Uh, listen, this is like we can't have shiny things. We can't have shiny things. It's They're in first place. Joel Embiid's an MVP candidate. Let's bitch about something else with them. Sack. The, the frustrating part, and we went over this last night, the frustrating part as a Sixers fan is, listen, you want to watch quality basketball every single time that they touch the court. Now, you don't want to watch a Sixers game when Embiid's not playing because theoretically they have no chance to win because there's nobody else on that team that steps up into that role and elevates themselves. And, you know, you have you have Ben Simmons going, well, you know, hey, listen, 15, 16 points a night. Well, Doc needs to go, dude, I need you to give me 20, 22, you know, 22, 25 points tonight because that's exactly what I'm going to need from you. And that's that's the frustrating part that people aren't getting. Quimby. When uh, when you guys talk or, or Diaz, when you talk uh, about it, I mean you're 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 virtually you're you're literally saying, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, what what do we have to worry about? Joel's here, right? No, we have to worry about that because there's one thing that history's proven is that this guy can't stay healthy. So if you don't have that supporting cast like these guys are talking about, if you don't have a neon Vaudreau like Russ Taylor said. All right, you're 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 going to be screwed, and it's going to come in the playoffs after these guys are weathered from an entire regular season. So they have to consider consider heavily that which everybody's concerned about. Yeah, no, I hear you, and listen, I'm not I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I, I'm just saying that like Joel Embiid without him on the team, look, they're not going to be. If they, I'd like them to be better, but they're in first place. They're 9-0 and when they have their starting lineup. If they don't have their starting lineup or any of these other teams, those other teams aren't going to be winning in the playoffs as well. So, yeah, I get you. They're probably a 400 team when he's, when he's off the court, you know, over the course of a season. Not that great. When he's on the court, they're a 700 seat. They're, they're you know, what, 12-2? and two? Like, 
it doesn't mean that everything is rosy. It just means things are a little bit better. I kind of think of this year as sort of sack. Like, you know, I was giving you grief about the Phillies and next year's shortstop. Because this roster was so screwed up from last year, Daryl Morey coming in, clearing out, bringing in some shooters. This is this isn't like a give up year or anything like that, or a rebuilding year. But it's just kind of like let's get the deck straight and figure out what we got. I'd expect it, um, them to be better next year than this year, just like you would the Phils too. How? Uh, well, you sound like you're doing a lot of apologizing here. They're uh, in first yeah. place. I got nothing to apologize for. Uh, I, I don't know. I, bet, I just heard you do the same thing to, to the Sackmaster. I'm I'm just being the voice of reason, sir. Erroneous, erroneous. I'm just saying, I'm just saying I, I, as as a line, I'm walking the line. I'm a, I'm a man, and I win. But as I'm walking the line, and I see that you call a second apologist, but then you just turned around and apologized for Ebi being Mr. Glass. He does have a point, Diaz. He does have a point. Listen, he uh, he's been getting rest. This is <laughs> listen. I talk about this with Sack, and this is like I kind of think that in the in the Philadelphia area, and this is like there's no way to say this without sounding like a complete uh, Dick Cheney. But like <laughs> I think that everyone we were here with Iverson. You know, he left around '06. Never got hurt. And no, hold up. And everyone just took a break from the NBA because the Sixers were irrelevant. And then we jump back in in 2017, and it's like. Big man only post up, uh, you know, uh, uh, play every single night. It's just not the way it works anymore. He sat out two years with major injuries in his back and his foot. They're going to keep him from trying to – listen, they're going to sit him when they need to. It's just the same with 25 other players in the NBA. So so you mean to tell me – that not one Sixers or basketball fan complained about the Sixers from the time AI left for Denver until the process was over. Because that's that's complete crap. That's not what I said. Hold what, the phone. Hold on. No, no, no. I did not say that. Hold on. No, but that's how you're acting. Because we whined and bitched and moaned and complained about the other AI about him not getting the job done, about how he wasn't Allen Iverson, about how he, like, Allen, actually, Andre Iguodala is what Ben Simmons is going to turn out to be someplace else. You mean and, uh, you mean a finals MVP and champion? Uh, listen, that's a crap MVP. I don't want to even talk about that. Okay? <laughs> the finals MVP is crap. That's a, that's a crap MVP. But, <laughs> but then we, we complained about Bynum and bowling and salsa dancing and never playing a game here. You know, like we we've had plenty to complain about as Sixers fans over the years. So like to say that like you had that gap right there, but like I just want to get that off my chest real fast. Real quick, Quimby, I gotta ask this to Diaz. So let me ask you a question. All right. So I know this trade probably doesn't make sense because they have Russell Westbrook. But if Dal Morey got a phone call today, they'll they want to do Bradley Beal for Ben Simmons. Straight up. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be straight up because we're probably going to have to give picks and all that stuff. Right, right. Would you make the deal? It. We have 10 minutes. It's It's going to be for – I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what – I don't know. I would be – I'd have to look into it a little more deeply. I mean, Ben said – I. We, Ben Simmons doesn't shoot. He doesn't shoot. I get it. But he like everything else in the in the game, he is very good to great at. So it's kind of like, okay, great. We have Bradley Beal. So, okay, he's going to take more shots. So Sack will, uh, Slash will be satisfied with his, with his stats on the back of his basketball card. But at the end of the game, how many points are you giving up? How many are you giving up? Who's go- we go into the playoffs. Who's, carding, who's guarding Giannis on this team? 
No, no, we don't have anyone. We don't have anyone. You're going to have to put in beat on Giannis. Who's covering Kevin Durant? We don't have anyone. So it's more than just, I need to see more three-pointers from my guard. I want more three-pointers from my guard, and we need to find a guard that does it. It's also, what are you giving up? So it's like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I want Ben Simmons to be a, a guy different than he is. I'm just kind of accepting that he is the guy that he is. House. You know what? Oh, sorry, House. Sorry, House. Uh, I I apologize. I, I, I apologize. I oh sorry. My, I thought my name was Diaz. I was apologizing. Uh, he asked me about said, a trade. I, yeah, I know, but you certainly apologize for every. You, you try to make an excuse for everything, and it, either you can get it done or you can't. You looking for a score? Ben can't do it. You, if you're looking for that from Ben, you know he can't do it. Point yeah, back. you're right. Right. I I I accept that. I I think it's it, let's. They're in first place, and we're, the Flyers we gloss over. They look like a train wreck last week. The Phillies are not going to be competing this year. The Sixers are in first place, but let's be angry about it. It's, things are going okay right now. Hey, first place isn't good enough, sir. You know that, right? <laughs> Everybody, we're going to move away from that topic right now. We're going to get into a little bit more football. Football. Football coming back in. So, uh, we've got a Super Bowl coming up. And I'm going to give you a little bit of my own story uh, regarding that because this is almost as bad as two Super Bowls between the New England Patriots and the New York Giants. I'm going <laughs> to tell you that right now. All right. You've still got Tom Brady versus the Big Tomato. And. I am. I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I remember during these uh, these two Super Bowls, uh, you know, as I was really just getting hev- as heavily involved in the Green Legion as I possibly could, and people were asking me what I wanted to see take place uh, over Super Bowl weekend while the, these two teams were playing, and my response very simply and quickly was a plane crash. Oh. That's all I wanted to see. Is wow. that the edgy? Is that the edgy approach that Green Legion Radio will bring you? Play crashes. <laughs> Come on, man! If you wanted it, and here it comes. So, I'm going to pass this to Hollis first, then to Diaz, and then to Sackmaster. And I want to know, uh, you know, don't uh, we still have a lot to get into uh, uh, about the upcoming Super Bowl? But between these two teams, because you have Tom Brady versus Andy Reid, what do you want to see happen? I'll tell you mine right now. A plane crash. Sorry. I didn't know you were such a big fan of We Are Marshall. You know, so. Oh, man. Where's that sensitivity training you were talking about earlier? Hey, man, Buddy Ryan and I still haven't signed up, bro. We still haven't signed up. <laughs> big tank. Well, I, uh, you know what? I, I want to see um, I want to see the guys, uh, Ty Bowles and um, Byron Leftwich and those guys. I, w- I don't actually want to see them actually put out a good game and win one. It doesn't help that Tom Brady's at the helm. But it, it does for them. Yeah, it does for them. But the, the 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 jacked up part is, I so don't want Tom Brady or Andy Reid to win one. <laughs> so what so, are the uh, what's the alternative? The alternative oh, is a plane right. is, is a plane crash. Deepest apologies, but I, I got to go in with the plane crash. It's like because it, it's it's like I don't like anybody on either side. It totally sucks. Yes, uh, I, I'm. I I know you guys aren't going to like me for this. Uh, I, 
Either way, uh, either team, I think this is a great matchup. I'm happy for either one of them. The Tom Brady thing, I know Sam is probably uh, outside my window going to shoot me. Um, and Hollis, you know, I know you don't have the greatest uh, thoughts on uh, <laughs> on Big Andy, but you know, if 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 the Bucks win, yeah, Brady. But Brady's already got an he's got a bunch. What's one more? It's not going to like make anything crazy. Um, but all those coaches that uh, Hollis said, uh, hold on, Aaron, you just may have made Sam crazy with that statement just so you know. we'll talk about her tom brady infatuation later when we get to that point of the show but Awkward. but all those assistants on uh on the tampa staff um you know we'll talk we, we we might hit on this coaching thing but i think you know what i would like i'm a big mahomes fan he's awesome to watch andy reed wins another one retires You're a big mahomey is what you yeah are. i'm a big mahomey and eric b takes over uh in kansas city that would be decent for me all right. First of all, Quimby, if you're if you're voting for a plane crash, there's only one plane that's going to be going in because remember Tampa's already home. Oh, busted. Oh. <laughs> so so Kansas and, and Kansas City can't fly in until the tw- until uh, the fifth, but they're going to fly in on the sixth, the day before the Super Bowl. Uh, listen, I look at it like this. Okay, I don't hate Tom Brady. I hate the Patriots, but I don't hate Tom Brady. And it, listen. He's been in nine Super Bowls already, and if you look at his nine Super Bowls, there has been one Super Bowl that has been a complete bust and boring and not interesting at all, and that was the one against the Rams two years ago. So, you know, and I, I, listen, I didn't enjoy Super Bowl 39, but I, I, along with Diaz, I agree. I like Kansas City in this game. They have Pat Mahomes. They're going to be missing both of their offensive tackles, which is going to be a problem dealing with JPP and Sh- and Shaq Barrett. Um, but Diaz, to think that you know, to think that you would honestly say that Andy Reid will retire after he would, he's got. Freaking Pat Mahomes for like the next 10 years. There is no shot Andy Reid retires after this game, just like there's no shot that if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, he's retiring too. Hate to tell you, Sam, but he'll be back next year as well. Okay, that is unacceptable. That's unacceptable. (laughs) I can't deal with him for one more minute. And the fact that he's getting a home Super Bowl, I, I literally, I think I cried the other day for that exact reason. Because no one deserves that. Slash, we got to bring you in on this one, baby. What do you got for us? What do you want to see take place? Oh boy. Ah, uh-huh. uh, I, I don't almost don't want to answer because I feel like any answer I give is just going to be the wrong one. If you pick a team, the answer is wrong. Yeah, um, I, I'm kind of leaning Tampa Bay. Just because of you have the homegrown factor and Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians. And it would be remarkable at what Tom Brady would do. Sorry, Tank. Don't don't hit me next time you see me. Uh, but I'm going to. I'm kind of leaning Tampa Bay, but I, for who I think is going to win, I don't think anybody can stop that Kansas City offense. Well, uh, you know what? I've heard a couple of things, and uh, you know, at the very least, uh, I hear that uh, Andy Reid is uh, is trying to avoid some things that. Uh, that make him look fat, uh, mirrors, scales, photographs. So at the very least, you know, something good's coming out of this Super Bowl, I guess. Zach. All three of Andy Reid's Super Bowls are have been in Florida. Jacksonville, Miami, and Tampa. Lead the Speedo at home, coach. <laughs> Come on. Hold on a second. 
Now, if in fact Andy Reid wore a speedo on the sideline, then I would want Kansas City to win. Get me a prop, baby. That's it. That's what you get. Does that mean you're going to be wearing a speedo for next week's show? There, Quimby. Hey, you guys don't like my legs. I do. It's all good. Super Sam, what do you got? I would put that picture on my wall. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you put it in a speedo if he if he crushes Tom Brady on my wall. Dude, would, that no. Would you get a fat head? Of, well, it's Andy okay. Reid. It's, it's so it, there's nothing slim about that. I know. I'd get a fat head. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All right. So that being said, Fox Sports, the gambler here in Philadelphia. Chiefs are three and a half point favors right now. The over under is 56. Tank, what do you got in the beginning right now? We don't have player interviews coming up. We don't have any uh, any practice injuries that could arise that usually doesn't take place. Tank, uh, also want your take on on this. Our practices leading up into the Super Bowl pretty soft, so in fact no one gets injured. Mm. Well, no, they're, I don't. They're not pretty soft. They're pretty. Um, you kind of go over everything, but you try to be slightly still intense. But you, you just it, it's it's pretty much a, a business as usual. Uh, but the the thing that you do that you do look for is you're looking for that one player to put that foot in his mouth and give the opposing team bulletin board material. That's what you're looking for. But I'm looking at you, Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> but seeing as they're not going to do the media day and the, the whole shebang like that. The only thing for me about about this game is Tom Brady has turned over the ball immensely in, in both the playoff games. If he does that against Patrick Mahomes, them it, it's, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a blowout, point blank. All right, you guys, let's do this because we're running out of time in this segment. We're going to continue this conversation coming back from break. Let's do that. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, one hundred two point five FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light, and this song is dedicated to Diaz, baby. <laughs> Everybody back on Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. We're talking predictions, little ones, just basic predictions, uh, spreads and over-under, three-and-a-half-point favorite Chiefs, and the over-under, 56 right now. I think that moved up at least a point. Uh, Hollis was giving us his take on golf practices before the Super Bowl to make sure key players aren't injured. And, uh, and what his prediction was going to be, and then we're going to hit Diaz and Sack for theirs. Uh, Hollis, why don't, you, why don't you finish up what you were talking about? You know, I was talking about uh, basically one, one player putting his foot in his mouth, putting his foot in his mouth about, uh, about like calling the other team out or saying what he was going to do or uh, giving, giving people that uh, unnecessary motivation for the game. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if anybody has ever been in that situation. Quimby, uh, you, you're a you're a sports guy. Uh, you should be back there on Athletes Row. Have, have you ever done anything or said anything? To, Shout out Athletes Row. <laughs> done anything to say anything that made the other player, the player on the opposing team, come after you a little bit more? All the time, man. Half my game was talking trash. That's all I had. Well, well, and- but this, but see this, but see this is a little different. This is like something that you you're giving them weeks to think and fester. You give them a week to think and fester about. Well, it all depends on the player, mm-hmm. right? I mean, 
you're finding out if somebody would have given Josh Allen two weeks and told him that he looked in a deer like a deer in the headlights for the first two <laughs> playoff games, I kind of don't feel as though he would come back iced up in his veins. I, I kind of feel like he would flutter like Sack suggested. This was this was not a uh, progression in his uh, in his. Uh, this was too early of a progression for him in his career. Uh, I, I don't think he was ready for it. But you say something like this to uh, 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 to a Tom Brady, uh, I, my, uh, you know. Uh, be, besides the fact that uh, you know he'll probably forget to send uh, Samantha Ross the Christmas card. Uh, yeah, he's he's going to come back and 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 just just tear your ass apart. So now, now what I was going to tell you was uh, I was a part of one of the games where we were playing against Brett Favre and the uh, the then champion uh, Green Bay Packers, and Coy Detmer was our quarterback. We were doing pretty good. Coy, but Coy threw a touchdown and pointed to the sideline and did the old uh, on your fa- uh, get on your knees and slap around like he was at, like they were his women boy. You didn't like that? Oh, the big wiggle? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not the big wiggle. He did. He he pulled it out and slap like like yeah. he was slapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was it was a fish on laying on the back of the boat, just coming in off the water, baby. Yeah, and so but but you guys you guys went out there for the next series with Brett Favre, just seeing that Brett Favre proceeded to do a five to six play drive where he was he had position and he was so focused. Soon as he scored the touchdown, he looked to Coy and did the same thing. And he was you. You don't awake a giant. Let him sleep. If he, if we're if we're if we're close, don't wake him up until the end. Point blank. And uh, to to, to uh, and, and saying that, I think this game may go to may go the over mainly because mainly mainly because Kansas City I think is going to go the over, but uh, make it go the over. But if I think they're going to make Tom Brady uh, throw up a couple of picks, it's going maybe a blowout. Uh, I think. I, I, I'm taking Kansas City all the way. I, I don't think it's that close. Three and a half, uh, three and a half points. Um, you know, I, I, I think that if Tom Brady wants to toss the ball to the other team, Kansas City will not will not um, go uh, go soft like Green Bay did. Um, I, I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm honestly thinking that it's going to be more like, uh, uh, you know, eight and a half, nine. I, I heard this stat today. I don't know if it's true, but Pat Mahomes has never lost a game by eight points or more. That that's a crazy stat. <laughs> that's a crazy stat. Now this team is good, and and Kansas City has challenges in their running game, um, but I think this is you know this is where stars shine, and uh, it won't be a home game for Tampa. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to being a Mahomie in uh, in a couple weeks, ten days. The the huge matchup in this game is going to be the offensive line of the Chiefs versus the versus JPP and Shaq Barrett and Adamic and Sue. Um, if you can stop. Them from getting pressure on Mahomes, he's going to torch you all day long, and especially with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Uh, we saw what the hell they just did the other day, which was just insane. What thirteen catches for Travis Kelsey? Um, you know, another ten by by the Cheetah and 180, 190 yards. And remember the last time these two played in Tampa, um, Tyreek Hill had over two hundred yards in the first quarter against that secondary. So. Uh, I want to go ahead. We have, we have breaking news, Zach, and then come back right to you, everybody. On next, on next, uh, uh, on the show after the Super Bowl, if Tom Brady throws an interception, Super Sam will be streaking on our next show. Woo! She will be streaking <laughs> on our next show. All right, just 
wanted to make sure everybody knew that so you have something to look forward to in a couple of weeks. Sackmaster, please continue, sir. Listen, I, I look at the three-and-a-half spread, and to me, this game is a 34-28 Kansas City Chiefs W. Um, so Tom Brady will not be rocking the seventh ring. Um, we all know Sam is she's she's chasing one of her own, um, but someday she'll find her own Prince Charming, maybe someone as good-looking as Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, so we're not doing picks uh, or results, Zach? No. Uh, results. Yeah, let's do results, Zach. I don't even know what, what happened last week. Well, I got, he's, got a way, he's got a ways to go uh, uh, with a blood-clotted leg right now. Yeah, yeah. where have you been, man? Slacker. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah just you know, laid up on bed rest. <laughs> um, you know, blood clots in my lungs and my left leg. You know, two days oh, in the hospital. You can never Fantastic. stay healthy. Can never stay healthy. Oh, sick. Oh, yeah, great. Hey, li- listen, should I bring up the fact that your buddy – listen, uh, Quimby, I got to send you this meme that his buddy made up. It's it's uh, it's Embiid's head on Cal Ripken Jr.'s body, and it has the, the, the streak in the background, but it's three games instead of the 2,600 <laughs> games that Ripken played in a row. It's, it's solid stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. Uh, I got to tell you right now, man, uh, if you're not betting the over in this one, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know what would suggest this game could possibly go under. However, it's usually the games where you feel as though the over is going to hit regardless. That's usually when the under hits. That's usually – that is waking up the giant tank – because that over-under is suggesting to both defenses that you're not good enough to stop the other team's offense. So you never know who's going to come out. Example, Buffalo Bills versus Baltimore Ravens this year. All right, we can talk about Lamar Jackson all we want and say he's not up to the challenge, he wasn't ready, but three points. You know, We all thought Lamar Jackson was going to come up pretty big in that game. We thought Buffalo was going to come up bigger as well, and that they were going to beat them. That's why they were favored in that game. But it, it's – I would lay on the over, but I don't know if I would uh, take out a second mortgage on your home. So before <laughs> you do that, I, I, that, that, that that's, that's where I would say. Uh, I, I And with three and a half points and Tom Brady, I'm taking the bucks <laughs> with the hook. I know it. I hate it. Sackmaster, go. Uh, from what I heard, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is either the highest or second highest over-under in Super Bowl history. Um, so, you know, this this line is really set high uh, for what they're expecting to happen in the game. Diaz? Uh, just uh, Quimby's mush gambling line. Uh, our good friend Jay coming a great. Here comes Quimby's crappy gambling advice. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Go the other way. Quimby, I, I was wondering, since you're down in Costa Rica, do you got any kind of different lines down there or anything like that? Is it all – you're still using U.S.-based books and everything? Uh, you're, you're still using uh, U.S. Uh, uh, books. I, I can't place my bets through U.S. books, but I have somebody up there who is. So, uh, you know, try not to – try not to, to try not to get in any, uh, any situation where I don't have action on a game. And uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. Super Bowl is my favorite – game of the year other than say you know national championship game because you're laying on prop bets you can't wait to see who scores the first touchdown you color the gatorade yeah 
And, by the way, we do have inside information on Green Legion Radio about one prop bet. And it's been historically reached within a tenth of a second. So, everyone, next week before the Super Bowl, we will give you the inside track on the length of the national anthem. Ooh, ooh damn. You had Sam at length. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. <laughs> Connie, uh, human resources violation number 3,126 uh, on Green Legion Radio and its employees. Zach, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we move on to Nick Sirianni? No, I'm looking forward to talking about the spicy meatball. All right. Well, you know what? If you are, why don't you step up? Tell us what you know, what you think. Well, you know, he's, he's 39 years old. He's been the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts the last three years. Uh, the Colts, two out of the last three years, have had a top 10 offense. Uh, the one year was the middle year, and that was when Andrew Luck decided to retire a couple weeks before the season was set to begin. Um, so they kind of got caught with their pants down. But um, but outside of that, listen, man, they like Wait, did we have Did we have Sam and caught with your pants down? Yeah. <laughs> we need an alarm. But listen, what he, what he what he was able to do with Frank Reich is remember their first year there was when Andrew Luck was coming off of uh, his arm surgery, where they weren't even sure if he was going to be able to play football again. He had the best year of his career. He threw forty touchdown passes. Um, you know they 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 went into the playoffs and he played well. Um, and then last year, Philip Rivers had one of the best years of his career as far as turnovers were concerned. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they went eleven and five, and they made the playoffs, and they almost beat the Bills um, as the seven seed. So I, I, I look at it like this: I'm excited about what he's bringing in here. I wish he would have brought in a more experienced offensive coordinator, um, like an older guy, a previous head coach to have on his staff. But outside of that, man, I'm pretty excited about it. How about you, Quimby? Well, no, I just want to touch on one thing. You brought up Philip Rivers. Who do you think uh, the, the 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 most concerned person? is that Philip Rivers now will have 12 months out of the year to be around. His wife. His that wife. Is, <laughs> you know, you, you, the, wind, the wind better not be blowing properly that day, Mrs. Rivers. You better run. You better get you better get as fit as one person can be. Get to that local local high school track. Start doing laps, man. Just no, get- no, no. Avoid the local high school track because he's the high school football coach now. Okay. So-, <laughs> <laughs> so stay away from the fields, baby. Stay away from the fields. Tank, what do you got on Nick Sariani? We could. Uh, we're actually going to talk about him more coming into our final segment. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the due situation uh, and, and get it off our chest. But what do you got on Nick Sirianni? What do you think? Well, I, li- I like I, li- I kind of like him because he uh, because of what he said. And he said his interview was talking about holding people accountable and playing to the strengths of the players, coaching to the strength of the players in which he has. So, uh, but to the Philip Rivers thing, the Philip Rivers thing, Philip Rivers threw nine less picks than he did the previous year. Which, if we could get that out of Carson. If we get that out of Carson, we'd be we'd be halfway there. But the guy that he brought in as the offensive coordinator, I'm not sold on him yet because I watched him throughout the season. He was an L.A. Chargers uh, offensive coordinator, and it was about five or six situations where they had an opportunity to win the game, 
and, and or either a score seven, but he like let the time run out like by running stupid plays, like running the ball in, in a situation where you know that you, the clock is against you and you don't have timeouts. I I, I wonder how he's going to get that part out of it. And then the uh, the the new defense coordinator, what what's he going to be like? You know, he doesn't have anything. Point right. Back. Yeah. So do it's we, like, do we, do we do we know if Nick's going to have any say in his uh, OC and DC? Or, they're, already, uh, they're already hired. That's what we're talking about. If you look at it, if you look oh, at I, it, I, I don't even know. I'm paying zero attention. To it. <laughs> if you if you look at a Q, if you look at a Q, it's pretty much like uh, East Coast Indianapolis Colts, sir. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that. Diaz, what do you got for us? Uh, I, I'd like to. I'll take the bulk of my my response um, at on the turnaround. I, you know, I. I think that this hire st- something stinks about it. I don't like it. It has a lot to do with uh, with Deuce and some of the hiring practices. And I'm not some SJW running around screaming stuff, but you know, like this guy has no track record at all. And you know, there are certainly more qualified coaches that are in big games coming up right now. And uh, it's just it something stinks about it. The one thing uh, before the break. Um, the Eagles on social media on Twitter and Instagram, they had like a someone with their phone walking around as Nick was being introduced to the the facilities and everything. He walks out on the uh, practice field and he and he turns to them. I don't know who he's with, and he's like, "Oh, do you guys do you guys hold camp here, training camp here?" It's like, "Oh my God, this guy doesn't even know about training camp. He's just like a total blank slate." Um, I, I, whatever. If this is this is the best you can do, it, it's but it stinks to me. It's not that big of a deal about asking if they have training camp there because a lot of teams still have their training camps. No, elsewhere. there's like four teams. Four teams do that. Okay, all right. So like what Dallas, I think uh, New Orleans. Like there's still teams Pittsburgh. that do it elsewhere. Maybe he was doing that with Indianapolis. But if you look at what if you look at what they do in in Indianapolis, they were third in time to throw. The Eagles were thirtieth. They were tied for second in sacks allowed. The Eagles were last. And the turnovers, the Colts were third, and the Eagles were 30th. So I'm looking at the fact that they're going to get the ball out quick and efficiently. Well, we can only hope, right? We can only hope. All right, uh, I'm going to give you my take on Nick Sirianni when we come back after uh, our our, uh, final break here before our last segment. Uh, And then we're going to talk about the Deuce Staley situation and get it off your chest. I've got something big time to get off my chest in Facebook. You are on my freaking list right now. As much as you have ever been before. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM Philadelphia, brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Back for our final segment right after this. All right, everybody, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. My name's Quimby. I'm joined by my other hosts, Hollis, Tank, Thomas, Michael, Shut Up, Diaz, Chris, Sack, Sackmaster, Sack Attack, Reggie. Ooh. <laughs> we didn't do that on the, on the, in the beginning, didn't we? No, I forgot, man. I, got, I was worried about so many other things. So that's all me. We're getting our stride, though. I hope everybody liked the show a lot better than last week's. It wasn't uh, – we didn't have good flow last week because we were figuring out a bunch of things and trying not to figure out how much of an ass I can be when I'm hosting. So uh, back to back to Nick Sirianni, then to Deuce. Do we have results, Zach, or do you want to wait till next week? I'll, I'll wait till next week. I'll, that way we can get everything in before the Super Bowl. 
All right, sounds good. All right, so Nick Sirianni, uh, I'm. Most people around here don't know anything about him. Uh, you got to listen to the Marcus Hayes of the of the world. And I'm not going to put much weight or, or accountability in their articles or pass my judgment based on that. What I am going to do, however, is listen to the writers in Indianapolis who have been associated with this guy and covering him for as long as he's been there. And it turns out that 90% of the, the writers in India are, are, are filleting this guy pretty heavily. And that's really what's going on. Uh, they like him. They think it's a loss for their team. That's kind of what I want to hear. If anybody just goes, hey, we wish you luck, man. Peace out. No, most of them are saying this is going to be a loss for uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, and that's what I want to see. But there's also something very interesting about one of the writers, and I can't remember his name. Obviously, we don't listen to him or read anything that he ever has to say. And it was his uh, commendation of Nick Sirianni's organizational skills. And I heard that, and I immediately thought of Binders. The big tomato. Andy Reid. <laughs> and his binders. And, Andy and, how, and how Andy Reid, you know, one of the things that stood out in Jeffrey Lurie's interview, uh, or according to Jeffrey Lurie in his interview, was Andy Reid's organizational skills. So as long as he has organizational skills and doesn't, oh, this was fun. I wish I had the radio show on during uh, or uh, right before halftime during the uh, the the Chiefs Bills game, Bills had all three timeouts, two minutes and six le- uh, seconds left to go in the half, and Andy Reid has how many timeouts left? The big goose egg, the big goose egg. He had nothing. Now maybe you don't need it with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, but it's going to come back to bite you. It's going to come back to bite you. You got away with one, Fat Andy. You got away with one, but I don't know how many more you're going to get. So uh, I am patiently waiting to see what takes place. We knew we weren't going to get a big name. Uh, I just put that out of the equation now. We all knew this was the slop that we were going to get if there was slop. So, uh, yeah, you know, let's uh, let's wait to pass judgment. Let's give this guy an opportunity. Sack. Listen, the only time that I can remember in my lifetime where we were really excited about the person that we hired to be the Eagles head coach was Chip Kelly. See how that worked out. So everybody that wants to sit here and try and ridicule this move, you're the same people that did it five years ago with Doug. You got to see what happens. You got to see what we have. You got to see how he coaches, how the players react to him. And if they do it in a positive way and the Eagles can come out and actually win some football games next year, it's better for all of us. I would like to read a statement right now. Appreciate that, Zach. We're going to move on to our man, Deuce. And this one still hurts. This one's going to sting for a little while. This is a homegrown guy. Now, so far, Howie Roseman has managed to take one pretty potent offensive player that has stuck with this team after his career and one of the most iconic defensive players to ever wear midnight green and ever play the position in Brian Dawkins, both pushed out of town looking for more opportunities because they knew they weren't going to get it with Howie at the helm. I want to read you a statement by Andy Reid. Hollis, I don't unmute yourself because I know you're just going to go, 
we know what it sounds like. As a matter of fact, go ahead. Get it out of the way now. Just give it. Oh, God. Here we go with this stuff. Uh, here we go. All right. <laughs> Heard Jeffrey Lurie. I think that we are very open, and it's top of mind to make sure we have some of the best minority candidates in on the search. It's very important, I think, for us, for the league, and it's top of mind. Deuce is a great representative of the Eagles and knows our values. I would expect him to be part of the search as well. Hollis and I talked about this on Monday. Uh, Diaz and, and then Sack. Why does minority even come up in that equation, in that statement? There's no room for it. Deuce is just a football guy, and he knows Philadelphia, and he deserved, in my opinion, an opportunity. However, I don't think you need to bring minority into that statement. Well, I, I understand. Like, we're not going to go into this whole thing. This is our last segment, but I'm going to push back on that uh, a little bit here. We've got a, a league of 70% people of color, black, uh, Latino, uh, you know, Pacific Islander, whatever classification you have. And we got two head coaches that are black. The two offensive coordinators in the Super Bowl are black. We've got well, the, two out of the four defensive coordinators in the championship rounds were black. There's a big problem. And, like, listen, I don't have all the answers, and I'm not pretending to do, but, you know, it starts from the ground up, and we're like, and I get it. Like, listen, I don't think that – Jeffrey Lurie was looking at like race was a consideration, but I think kind of the problem is until that is part of the consideration, at least on the lower levels and guys work up, it's never going to change. So it's like, no, 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 Nick Sirianni. I mean, you could find there are better qualified coaches right now in the Super Bowl than Nick Sirianni. I don't know if he's going to be good or bad. It it sounds to me like, hey, he's fine, whatever. But, uh, you know, at some point here, you got to call a spade a spade. There's, There's two head coaches. That are black. That that's a problem in a league where a majority of the players are black. He did he did interview three minority candidates. He did interview Deuce, Todd Bowles, and Salah, the guy that wound up going to the Jets. For me, listen, I have nothing. I, I appreciate Deuce. Okay, I when I first started falling in love with the Eagles, Deuce was our running back, and Deuce has been a great soldier on the coaching staff for the last what seven, eight years. He's been a great Eagle. But the thing is, though, is what everybody wants to sit here and look at is everybody wants to go. Well, you know, Deuce, Deuce, he should have got the opportunity. No other team interviewed Deuce for a head coaching candidate. No other team has interviewed him to be the offensive coordinator for their team. So I can't sit here and say. Say, poor Deuce, poor Deuce. Like, if he was a hot commodity elsewhere, I might sit there and take it a little bit more seriously. But it's it's like, okay, but now he has an opportunity in Detroit where he's going to be the same situation that he had here. But maybe he can grow from that and, and, you know, expand his network and actually get a better opportunity elsewhere. Hollis. Well, you could say that, but then they've blocked his opportunities. But who? Nick Sariani was on vacation with his parents, with his kids. So nobody, nobody was beating down his door either. Point blank, it's, it's more more qualified people, and you don't do anybody like you did that. You 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 interviewed Deuce because you because ha- you felt like you had to meet a quota. That's point point blank. If you're not going to consider a man for the job, don't bring him in. That and that's and that's what that's what's going wrong. Hold on, give me a second here. That's what's going wrong with this whole coaching thing. You didn't even have to mention <laughs> that you hired a minority guy. You didn't even have to mention that crap. That that was dumb on your part. That now we know that you you, you playing everybody who you because they've introduced in, inter, interviewed Deuce three times, 
and you got me still here, why would I want to stay here? Because you're lying to me. You lied to my face. I think I think and and Sack, I, I I hear what the the argument that you that you said there and like listen I, I don't think that they mean any harm or you mean any harm but that that doesn't cut it. Hey, they interviewed three guys. You know what? Every team there's seven openings. Every team interviewed three guys, and at some point it's like listen, cut cut the uh, like what Hollis would say, cut the crap. You know like. If there's a problem now, listen. I don't think anyone means any harm, but until things change, it's not going to change. So next year, there's going to be seven coaches fired, and they're going to interview people. And because just because Deuce wouldn't uh, get didn't get interviewed for an OC job elsewhere, he has that locker room now. We have Hollis. We have a locker room problem, right? I mean, if Deuce, the players respect Deuce walks in there, I don't know about playing calls, but there's a problem. It's got to be fixed. Zach, go. What are you waiting for? Oh, no. I I thought we had a minute left, so I was, I was like, okay. <laughs> so, listen, I, I understand what you guys are saying. And, yes, there's no ill will or ill intent. I don't believe on, on, on Jeffrey's part. Uh, it's his team. He can hire who he wants to hire to be the head coach. All right. You guys, uh, it, it's been a great show. Uh, Diaz, Zach, uh, Hollis. Uh, uh, Super Sam slash appreciate everything you guys are doing. Appreciate you sitting in the background, letting us four blowhards go uh, go to town. I think it flowed a lot better this week. I do have one thing I want to get off my chest real fast, and I'll do it in 20 seconds. Facebook, you suck. All right? You suspended me yesterday because my profile pic of my cousin and myself doing a shot in the Dominican on our 50th birthday was considered sexual content. Whoa. Now, let me get better here. I immediately uh, argued and, and disputed it, and three minutes later they agreed that they were incorrect with what they did. And I'm still suspended right now. So you guys screwed that up completely, and now i got to put up with your crap again for another two days. Your organization sucks. We'll be taking all of our social media and pointing it towards other platforms this year. Nice. All our media money. All right. Hey, and by the way, we're licensed by every uh, uh, recording artist company that represents. Quit stopping our shows because of Thunderstruck. We work for iHeart, you jackasses. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. Listen to Get Tanked on Monday, Ice to Shorts, Winter Sports on Tuesday. We'll be back for another pre-recorded episode on Wednesday for the live show, Thursday, 7 to 9, here on Fox Sports The Gambler. We appreciate you, everybody. We'll be back next.